0: Yes, people, welcome back to Vendetta Cast, episode number 19 with myself, Digger Bruckshot, aka Adam Fisher on Facebook. You know the deal. We're back again here, man. I've been getting into a little rhythm here. This week on the podcast, we have the one, the only, Mr. Dean Barker, chef, DJ, Kill Break, aka Breaker, aka Boss Fight, uh, Batman producer, and dude's got a lot of dope shit going on, so... Known him for years, man. Wanted to have him on. So, Dean, welcome to the podcast, bro. How are you?
1: Uh, excellent, man. Thanks for uh, inviting me to the show. I just figured I'd uh, give it a poke because I've been listening to a few things. And obviously, we've been uh, pretty busy during the pandemic somehow. So.
0: Definitely. Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. Definitely good to have you on, man. I'm always interested in all the shit you got going on, dude. You, you do so many different things. So, we were just talking before we started rolling uh, about this sh- what you're doing with the your chef stuff i don't know if you wanted to make that public all that shit but <laughs> if that so, i
1: mean to an extent yeah you know like uh as the pandemic basically screwed over restaurants to another level right i realized that there was basically a gaping hole in the game of the private dining industry like these guys with money bags they were not affected by the pandemic they're just sitting at their house like oh man i can't have my luxurious life i was having yeah So let me call up a chef. Yeah. So on and so forth. As we did a New Year's Eve event, we did Valentine's events. We did like events before New Year's Eve. We did a whole rooftop event at the Tillery Hotel that was COVID safe. Yeah. Literally packed up the house social distance with like almost like, what, like 70 people? Right. And it's a profitable move. So as opposed to me waiting for restaurants to allow me a hundred percent capacity because in new york city that doesn't make any sense yeah with the rent over the head then you got the rent then you got the uh the labor cost the food cost and you only can get 35 yeah. percent unless your business has the money bags like that yeah and for sure you're just bleeding money man so
0: yeah and i've heard like even the restaurant industry is kind of like uh it's kind of like a break-even kind of business, almost. It's really hard to make a lot of profit.
1: If that, even. Yeah. Like, the place I was working at when the pandemic started, I was working at a Korean restaurant called Kitchen over here in Williamsburg. Mm-hmm. And they were doing pretty good. They had been open for, like, seven months. I was just there to learn more Korean cuisine. Right. But so if you see me posting all these Korean dishes, I was at that spot doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, And they were rising up hard. They were about to get the Michelin Bib, actually.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you, but you were out in L.A. for a bit, right?
1: Oh yeah, I was. That's what gave me the freedom, man. When I went out to L.A., I worked at Catch L.A. Yeah. That led me into doing DJ Khaled's 40 second birthday party.
0: Is that when you were doing? Did you do the Chop show in L.A.? No,
1: I actually did the Chop show in New York.
0: Was that on the? That's on the Food Network, right?
1: Yeah, it's on the Food Network, and now you can watch it streaming on, like, I think Hulu and, like, 20 million other things now. That's fucking Not dope. On Netflix, though, but it's on everything else.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's dope. How did that work out? How did you even get on there?
1: Actually, I got on there because I met this guy who was a chef de cuisine, and he was like, dude, you're fucking nuts. You need to be on TV. Like, right. You're just crazy. Like, <laughs> you're, just the way you walk and talk and shit, you're in a spectacle. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, whatever. So he's like, I'm a- I'm I agree, a I agree. <laughs> 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 he was like, you gotta be on this shit, dude. Like, I'm telling you, people would love you. Yeah. I'm like, all right, whatever, man. So he links me up and he gives me the one in, the Food Network. And then they called me, they put me on the show. And then it was from that- from that night it was like history yeah it literally changed my life that's dope and just he didn't even have to win like I got chopped first
0: oh shit really
1: yeah but if you see how I got chopped it totally makes it to where they're like ah well that was a bum rap yeah yeah it's reality tv and if you know anything about reality tv it's
0: not reality yeah yeah and you know what i was looking it up i was trying to find some shit on youtube but there's i guess there's like a sailor that has the exact same name as you like a famous like boating guy or some shit yeah
1: there's dean barker the the famous sailor yeah dude
0: i looked it up and like i so i looked it up on google i was like dean barker chopped or some shit and like all this like articles of this dude like in the like in the article he'll be talking about like choppy water and shit or whatever <laughs>
1: yeah it's basically me and him neck and neck on google yeah yeah right now because i mean he's he's won so many trophies in his like yacht business that he's yeah he's huge sailor.
0: yeah he's big in the game dude
1: yeah he's big and i'm just like some guy from like brooklyn like bass and shit that's like talking shit on tv
0: so yeah yeah <laughs> so how long were you in la then
1: i was in la for literally uh about 22 months
0: nice little run
1: uh, dude i like for the minute that i hit the ground it was like i was in a movie yeah yeah like i got there next thing you know i was doing uh these parties and uh, coming from cash new york we are used to the high volume so they had us set up in there doing the parties for like the mayor. <laughs> doing like goldie hans like uh crazy mansion getaways yeah yeah the one with dj Khaled's party that was the one that kind of took the next level when it was like people were hitting us up like yo i really like what you're doing but you could be doing this at my mansion yeah I can just pay you we're like what
0: yeah yeah and
1: of course like the chefs that worked there a lot of them were too scared to make that leap right but i'm like fuck that i'm going the whole nine yards i need to like expand myself definitely But the other chefs were not on TV either. And in L.A., I don't know how to say this, but it's like bougie in that sense. Like in New York, you can be like, yo, guys, I was on TV last week. Yeah. Turn around like, okay, cool. That's great. What are you doing tomorrow? (laughs) In L.A., they're like, oh, my God.
0: Really? Oh,
1: shit.
0: Well, that's because everybody there is like trying to get on TV.
1: Yeah, everyone's trying to be a movie star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it, but like. I utilized it myself to even get on Insomniac Records and play EDC. Like, the... yeah,
0: dude, you're such a you're such like a maneuverer, dude. You just do shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just you're like, oh, I'm gonna make this uh, boss fight uh, alias now, and I'm gonna make these like big like uh, festival tunes, you know. <laughs> and then, well,
1: I mean, the whole way the boss fight came together was basically it was a joke. Yeah. Like I was sitting there in the crib and I, What I, kind
0: of like, music would you consider boss fight then? I've no I've heard some trappy tunes and I've heard some other ones but what's with the specific like genre? honestly
1: I call it I call it hip hop. Like I call it hip hop. Cuz it's basically like hip hop music mixed with the dance with the dance hall flair right. but you have elements of trap in step involved all. Yeah, yeah. So I always like working with rappers like that's why I did the uh the first track Chinatown with Camp Low. Mm-hmm. and I mean like a lot of people don't even remember like this is it what Luchini falling through the sky and yeah I, like, yeah when I found Camp Lo, they hit me up on Instagram because of my chef stuff they're like I love this food yeah and I'm like what okay let's do a track they're like yo let's do it dope but I ended up making that alias just for kicks because I was making different music because I mean we all know we go through those common based motions mm-hmm. but we're like I'm kind of good on this for the moment and then I was showing the tunes to my boy and he was like bro these tunes are like the boss fight at the end of a video game <laughs> it's like you're just tearing shit up and you got all the moves because you got the trap you got the dubstep yeah you got the like hip hop shit all in one and I was like well fuck it let's call it boss fight yeah oh. yeah then when I got to LA, one of the ANRs of Insomniac started following me because he wanted to eat at my restaurant. Right. And I'm like, wait a minute, is that the ANR for real? So I just hit him up in the DM, sent him some tunes. He's like, bomb, shit is fire. Damn. I'm definitely gonna have you on Insomniac. Wow. A meeting. So wow. Insomniac came to catch, and I made them a special custom dinner.
0: <laughs> That's wild, dude. That's and a I wild story. Hit. Dude, it was that's like some LA movie. shit though. That's some that's LA. <laughs> that's some LA shit.
1: Call it to work and be like, "Yo, chef, uh, I'm doing a private dinner for Insomniac." Yeah. So they have the headquarters in Hollywood. Uh, these guys are really big names, whatever. And I'm, I did the dinner and I sat at the at the table with them and they were like, "So, well, I guess you're on Insomniac now. This is a great meal, by the way. How do you feel about playing Electric Daisy Carnival Las Vegas?" I'm like. What?
0: Oh, like so they birthday? they wanted to put the tunes on the label, you mean?
1: Yeah, they okay. came out on Insomniac already. Actually.
0: Oh, okay. No, I know it had already come out. I just was, I didn't know if they were, they hit you up with like, we're going to put you on the festival, or they hit you up and said they wanted to put the tunes on the label. Well,
1: they wanted the tunes first. Right. And then they heard the tunes, and then they came and had dinner, and then they offered me to play at EDC Las Vegas. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. That's I'm totally down for that. Like, for sure. <laughs> That takes years to get to, man. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm like the first gig out the gate. Okay, I'll take
0: it. Yeah, definitely. How is that? So, I never been to EDC. Well,
1: the last time I went to EDC before that, I was 18 years old. Right. And I went, and I was like a raver having fun. It was like I remember the lineup was like Roddy Size, Method Man, and Mother's uh, Death, and then Planet of the Drums, and Rabbit in the Moon damn that was like when that was like 19 like the year 2000 or something
0: right but yeah.
1: now it's like a whole city
0: yeah i mean i've obviously i've seen the content you know all their shit but i've never been yeah it looks pretty wild
1: it's out of control dude it's unbelievable like i couldn't believe what the culture has evolved into like it is unbelievable i didn't believe that it would even grow to such a level of this like it was like you're in a little city with a whole clan of people yeah before it was big like it was big but it wasn't like this now it's like a cult dude
0: yeah it definitely is a cult for sure
1: <laughs> i mean a cult of positivity though you know like it's all yeah. love all yeah. over the festival no drama no nothing yeah and they just set us up to play and, I mean, all my friends play EDC, so I'm sitting there hanging out with, like... I was hanging out with Borgor, SAF.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I linked up with Sam Champagne Drip, and then I turned around and twelve Planet was over there. and then killed All the homies, friend. yeah. And I'm like, yo, Dean, what's up? Then we knew you would get out of here eventually. You know? Yeah, that's dope, like, yeah. What? That was a dream come true, man. It really was.
0: Yeah, man. So then, um... So what do what you got? This Kill Break... Thing that you're working on now that you that's oh, yeah. that's pretty recent, right? The kill break thing,
1: kill break. Yeah, that project's only been around for like I would say like four years now.
0: Yeah,
1: and because I ended up meeting Clayton, the owner of uh Renegade Hardware, right? I started talking to him. And he was like, Yo, you know, let's do some food joints, blah blah blah. He's trying to get into the food business. So I started helping him about his food in terms of, like, kind of, like, consulting about this is good, that's not good, maybe do this, maybe do that.
0: Right. Is he a chef?
1: Uh, No, Clayton's not a chef. He's more of just a, he's like a big foodie. Right. He doesn't really seem like he's a foodie on the outside. (laughs) I wouldn't have have really uh, perceived that when I first heard of him, you know? Yeah, He doesn't seem like the
0: type of guy that's taking photos of his, uh... His meal and posting it definitely not <laughs>
1: <laughs> but i was telling him to get on that yo know? yeah yeah his jerk me crazy shit and all that and yeah like, he ends up being like yo you know i'm thinking about doing uh the final chapter like it's gonna be the last the last 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 renegade harbor event mm-hmm. i'm like get the fuck out of here he's like yeah i'll put you on do you make tunes and i'm like he has no idea that I've been making tunes and running my label, Gorilla Recordings, and right. all this for like years. 10 years yeah. already. And if I like send him my tunes, he's like, fire, boom, okay. I'll put you on hardware, you're on the LP. And at that moment, I decided to go with the name Killbreak because I needed something fresh. Right. And I had actually created the alias Killbreak like nine years before that. So I had all the socials. Everything on lock Oh, really? No one could, oh, yeah. I had to kill break Instagram <laughs> kill all that shit already in the walk, dude.
0: Damn.
1: And I just happened to switch over for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you're starting a new project, you're kind of like trying to evolve. Like, Breaker's a little bit hardcore and more raspy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm not trying to connect that super duper hardcore shit to my new shit. Right, yeah. Even though Killbreak's still really heavy.
0: So, how does the foreign beggars thing link up then?
1: Oh, believe it or not, another Instagram moment.
0: The power of the gram, dude.
1: And I'm posting my food shit, and I turn around and look, I'm like, yo, foreign beggars just like my food picture. Yeah. What the fuck? It's foreign beggars. So, me being the fucking crazy person I am, I'll just slide it to his DMs. Yo, what's good? I love you guys' shit, man. Yeah. And he's like, I'm loving your food shit. So we're just like talking, blah blah blah, bullshitting. And then eventually, I'm like, "Hey man, I'm working on this dubstep tune for Insomniac, mm-hmm. and I would love for you guys to jump on it." And he's like, "Shit, if it sounds as good as your food looks, then it should, we should be good. Send it over." Damn. And like I send him the tuner, like this is fucking heat, man. This is fire. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna jump on it. I was like, I couldn't believe what I was hearing.
0: That's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. Pa- who who hit you up, Pav?
1: Yeah, hit me up.
0: He's more of the front man, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's, like, such a solid dude. Yeah,
1: he's definitely solid with,
0: like, a 2,000% word ethic, dude. Yeah, bro. He's, like, and he's such a humble dude. I remember one night, uh, he just happened to be in Brooklyn or some shit. We were doing Concrete Jungle in Williamsburg at, I forget the name of that club, man. It was on North Six. It was right before you went to public assembly back in the day. Oh, okay. It was like yeah, a tunnel. It was like a tunnel that. in there. It was like a, it was like a yeah, tunnel. Yeah, I
1: can't remember the name of
0: that menu. I can't either. It changed names like a bunch of times. But anyway, so we're doing Concrete Jungle there one Monday night, like randomly, and they happen to be filming that American Jungle documentary. And then like oh. ra- and like I had met Pav a couple times before that, and he just randomly walks in, dude, and he's like, MCing with us on the mic and shit, <laughs> Concrete Jungle.
1: Yo, I heard about that. Yeah, they it was fucking me, Yo, dope. Yo, concrete jungle. Yeah. I'm like, get out. Really? They're yeah. like, no, 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 for real.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was fucking sick, dude. And he's always kind of kept, like, not in touch, but, like, he always, like, would like my shit here and there or, like, comment on some shit here and there. So he's just, like, a safe dude, man.
1: Yeah, he's really solid, man. Yeah. They killed that track in, like, two weeks and sent it back to me, and it was it was so retardedly filthy yeah but i left it that way sent it to insomniac and then they were like yo this is dope
0: was this before uh metropolis or no
1: yeah i had both of them on
0: it oh really
1: yeah man
0: damn so you probably had one of the last tunes with both of them on
1: yeah for sure
0: that's fucking crazy man rest in peace obviously
1: tense dude rest in peace man he killed it so like just insane the way he bodied the track
0: yeah i mean and they're, they're the both they're though. both fucking absolute beasts you know what i mean so
1: like mastermind
0: mcs bro yeah like, dude and like and, kids and and kids. the best part is that they're english they're like they're so fucking underrated too i think like just even probably in like english music like in grime and all that shit. They're like they they fucking you know what i mean
1: yeah, they're definitely pretty underrated in my eyes. It's like, cause my sister, she still lives in London. My family is British, right? My dad's side, and she was, she was like, "What? Foreign beggars? That's crazy!" Cause when I went to go play Renegade Hardware on uh, the Renegade Hardware reunion after this one, right? I was, telling, I was showing her the track, and it was dubstep at the time, and she was like, "Yo, bro, this is filthy as fuck! Like, how did you get foreign beggars?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I just started talking to them." she was like this is crazy but what happened
0: is that out is that out now
1: yeah actually right now the track is out on Brain and it's called Heavyweight but
0: go get that shit go get that shit tune. it was a dubstep tune originally
1: yeah it was a dubstep tune originally and then
0: it's drum and bass, yeah. bass now Say what? it's drum and bass now yeah
1: yeah it's drum and bass I
0: I don't think I I I didn't I think I listened to like a little clip of it but I didn't listen to the whole thing
1: yeah I mean I kind of like started getting the drum and bass bug again because fucking around with Clayton and got you doing hardware shit you're getting all hyped yeah like man I can make a drum and bass tune with four beggars right now yeah the dubstep tune that I sent to Insomniac I think it was a little bit heavy for their taste Right. obviously, they're like big room, house room shit. I was surprised they like the boss fight shit anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because it's so weird. But eventually, the tune kind of just stacked there. And then I was telling myself, I told Pav, yo, we should do some German and bass out of this. Like, I'm not really hype about the dubstep thing anymore.
0: Yeah.
1: And he was like, well, if you're going to do it, do it. But then, unfortunately, I turned around and Metropolis passed away. And it was like, damn. Yeah. Yo, like, I'm sitting there, shocked, shock, listening to the file in front of me. Like, this is crazy. Like, yeah, I that's can't wild. Let this man's legacy be left like this. Yeah, Not yeah. Not that it would have been left like that, but he trusted me with a piece of his music.
0: For sure, yeah.
1: And you know, as an MC, when you're lacing the, the track and you're lacing the beats and in the public, you're like, you're putting your heart into this. For sure, yeah. And I could tell he was doing that. So even down to the words that he said, Yeah. everything he said is just so brutal. I was like, I have to make this right. So I go in as hard as I can to make it. as filthy and right. And then I got the track done. And I'm sitting here like, yo, this is great. La, la, la. That sounds cool. Yeah. But I could sit here and save it for an album. Or I could shop it to labels. And honestly, I'm not too keen on most of the labels these days. Like, yeah. There's a lot of good drum and bass labels. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I want to be on them.
0: Mhm. Why do you say that?
1: Been... Well, I've been on Human Imprint. I've
0: I'm saying like what if, of... what if what if, if Ram Records approached you?
1: Well, if Ram Records approached me, I, I've already talked to them already. Yeah. I talked to Jim Unknown Error because I was dealing with some hardware business before. Yeah. But for me, it has to make sense with the crew and the vibe and the team. Right. I'm not just trying to put out tracks to blow up on some shit. Like, I've already been through that rat race of the American labels. <laughs> yeah. Like,
0: Don't get me started.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when I first showed up, I mean, I started my own label, which is how I started. I put my soap on, literally. Yeah. By doing the Gorilla label. So I was rolling with like, Counter-Strike, Current Value, and Technical Itch and Dylan and all these guys. It was only a matter of time before I would just be doing labels like I got on Human Imprint. We did one with Counter-Strike's label. And then I like kind of veered off a little bit because I realized it's not what you think it is. Yeah. When you're a kid, you're looking at these vinyls, you're holding them in your hand. You're like, oh, man, these guys must be making big time money doing real things. Definitely. I mean, they weren't doing real things, but no. I mean...
0: Yeah. Rent off of nah, it. definitely not a lot of money in the game, especially in America. <laughs> so
1: Yeah, so eventually I just kinda went with the drum and bass thing and I met Jade from Eat Brain at Rank A Hardware. Yeah. And I'm like, I like the Eat Brain brand, I like their stuff, you know? Definitely, I'm yeah in love with every song they release but you know you're not in love with every dish on a menu.
0: So right, no. I mean they got a they got their own little they built their own little uh I mean obviously all the labels, the biggest label. It's all about marketing and drone base at this point, you know what I mean? So um they have Pretty a good much, they have a good marketing like thing, you know what I'm saying? Same with like yeah, hospital. They have a good core. Yeah.
1: Like I noticed it's the same guys, it's the same team. They always stay together. And I like how it's a consistency. Like, you see Aggressive Bronx, you see Telekinesis, you see uh, like MC Kappa, mm-hmm. and then you see uh, like all these new guys, like Red Pill, and these guys, they're like rotating, like Aggressive Bronx, and then they stay steadily with the labels, so I see it's a building community, and that's what I think is really important with the music and the drum and bass, which is what builds the strongest labels, is a community. Definitely. So I sent the track to Jade, actually. I sent him another song, and he was like, nah, this isn't really my joint. And it was the most neuroish shit I've ever made in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and then I sent him Heavyweight, which is, I mean, it's kind of neuro, but more like, I would compare that song more to, like, some Evil Intent kind of stuff. Yeah. And then he was like, I love this. And it's for beggars. I gotta have it. I'm like, well, hell yeah. That made my day. Mm-hmm. And then that ended up doing really well. And it was like literally number one on the Port charts on the whole Port charts. Totally. Really? For like 10 days. That's what's up. I mean, you're beating like dirty bird house music. You're beating like a uh, drum, drum corps. Like it was crazy. Yeah. I'm like, I honestly feel like, you know, a lot of people were paying their respects to for the foreign beggars legend, but they also liked the tune and there was nothing but bangers. On the whole LP that we were featured on. So.
0: Right. So, how the fuck do you find the time to produce these bangers and then also do the chef thing on the side? Or not? I mean, are well, you, I mean the chef thing is the full time gig, I'm assuming, right?
1: Yeah, the chef is the full time jam. Uh, I ended up really looking at music because when I was in my earlier twenties, like when I first met you, music was my main thing and I was just cooking because yeah it pains me. Right. But eventually doing the food network and the Vice Land and LA Weekly and all these articles, I started realizing that the food is actually rubbing the other hand. Like one hand is rubbing the other.
0: Right. Cause you're like and linking started, up with all these people and shit through the food.
1: Yeah, basically through the food. So I started looking at the music business like food business. Right. I was like, I used to sit in my house and stare at a screen for like four or five hours a day, just moving drum breaks around, like, oh that's cool. This is great. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually I started looking at it like a recipe. I'm like, listen, you want a song that's kind of like this, right? Yeah. You have an idea in your head. Well, it's basically a recipe. Every drum and bass song is a recipe right now. Whether anyone wants to look at it like or however they want to look at it or yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. It's a recipe and they all have ingredients. You want a you want a nice faux tech shit? You need these kind of breaks. Right. You want a nice heavy dom, dom shit? Oh wait, you want some foghorn shit? Yeah. Or yeah. You want you want a trailblazer like bad company. Yeah. Or are you trying to get just full neuro?
0: That's a it's great. That's a good. Recommend. I mean, that's a great way to look at it, dude. I mean, only a, only a chef would look at it like that, though. I would never think to look at it like that.
1: Yeah, that's what everyone tells me. Yeah. Like, I would have never did that. I'm like, well, it's been helping me get way faster results. Yeah, and way better too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could see because it because
1: when you work off of a recipe in your head, and then you have your stuff organized in drum folders, and bases, and samples, all in these recipes of what you kind of want. You're not spending all these hours just tinkering around because I don't have time for that shit. Yeah, yeah. I literally don't. And once I started doing that with the Boss Fight Project, because I spent three years just collecting sounds for that whole Boss Fight Project, and then that transmogrified into my drum and bass.
0: Transmogrified. That's an amazing word. Yeah, man. I never heard that before. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, really? I never heard (laughs) that before
1: from one platform to another. That's crazy. And I never heard
0: that word in like, my life.
1: Oh, really? It's kind of like, you know, taking the energy from one thing and then putting it through to another with the same kind of concept and idea. Maybe and
0: I'm Maybe Maybe thing. I'm. stupid. I don't know. I never heard that word. <laughs> nah, it's
1: just like I'm a vocabulary yeah, yeah. when it comes to, shit cause
0: I have to Transmogrified. So That's an amazing... I'm going to fucking look that shit up and find out the real Webster definition let's, of that let's see i'm gonna start you because i'm gonna start using that shit so yo we got we got uh i'm at like 28 minutes almost i i do them in two parts so i do 30 minutes and then 30 minutes i should have told you that beforehand but um <laughs> so we could just wind it down now and then we'll do part two and we'll do another 30 and then we'll be done bro uh,
1: okay cool all
0: right usually i take a little wee wee break now anyway so uh you can stay on the line, and then we'll we'll get back on in uh, part two. All right, cool, man. All right, man.
1: Back
0: for part two episode 19 vendetta cast with the big homie Killbreak, aka dean barker aka chef dean barker aka fucking renaissance man back again for part two man so i don't remember where we left off i never usually do but uh i did want to ask you so when did you get back to new york anyways
1: uh as of today which is actually yesterday was my birthday
0: oh shit happy birthday dude
1: oh thanks man how old are you now of,
0: how old oh, are I'm you now 37 bro 37 damn you're, you're younger than me I'm about to be 38 in May oh nice yeah getting fucking old man
1: not even bro I'm just getting a little bit
0: older
1: <laughs> but I've been back as of today as of tomorrow I will have been in New York only for two years
0: oh really since you came back from LA yeah,
1: yeah dude cause remember I was coming back in the winter time just to check you guys at the shows
0: yeah 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 you would just it would show up
1: like I was still in town but I really wasn't
0: yeah like, I was confused <laughs> I was like yeah, is this guy here up,
1: like, I've seen every world of drum and bass
0: yeah 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 I would see you all the time at world of drum and bass I'd be like so is this guy back here now or what I don't get it I was just coming to visit that's what's up dude yeah normally we would have been doing world of drum and bass this month this is the first year well obviously we didn't do it last year but
1: First. yeah i was about to be at uh late poison rouge man mm-hmm. that wasn't gonna be i was like wow
0: yeah it was gonna be Remember sick dude we were
1: rocking Le poison
0: rouge i was like yeah dude me? there was there was a couple of manhattan venues that i loved dude i loved santo's party house oh, Le put rouge Legend. yeah fucking i always had good times at webster but um yeah, what was some other ones in Manhattan? I guess that's, I don't know, man, where we actually threw shows. when We, we threw a couple shows at Santos Party House that was fucking off the chain, dude.
1: But there was a lot of Webster Hall joints. Yeah,
0: for sure, yeah.
1: And then there was Rogue, which was like a a sublet of like uh, Webster Hall. Yeah. And then we all had Avenue A, well, Pyramid Club, mm-hmm. then, uh, What's that Drogs or Droogs or whatever?
0: Droogs.
1: Right next to uh the Pyramid Club.
0: I forget. Drom. Drom, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: There was Drum and then there was like uh there's so many venues that we went through out there.
0: I know that they're, they're probably all they're all shut down now. I think drom's still kicking though.
1: Yeah, drum was kicking right before the pandemic, but they went to like hip hop party shit kinda mm-hmm. thing.
0: Yeah, Cliff always had the link on drum.
1: Yeah, that was good looks, dude.
0: Yeah, that was a good it's spot. It's
1: almost like New York was kind of like proofing up a little bit right before the pandemic decided to put a thorn in the ass, like hardcore. Yeah,
0: I mean, we did, we were, we did a couple big, big, huge events at uh, Avant Gardner.
1: Yeah, that was like, it was almost like, okay, I feel like this is this is happening, you know?
0: Yeah, it was like that size of venue that type of place was willing to have big drum and bass acts
1: well at that point people actually knew what was going on as you got guys like Chasing Status pushing it harder
0: yeah well yeah we did, they did Andy C Chasing and Status and then I I did one or two other things there I think as well and oh, we did we did World Drum and Bass there I think did we not? Yeah, we did, but it uh, was, it was we in did it in the, in the circus area. tent. Yeah, yeah, that was the illest shit. That event was probably the illest world drum bass we've ever done in New York.
1: Yeah, that was out of control, dude. Yeah, that was a I sick I remember event. dancing so hard that my legs hurt so <laughs> bad. <laughs>
0: like yeah, dude, that event was off the hook. Shout out BP2, man. We worked on that one together. Yeah, yeah dude. On that. Yeah, that was a fucking <laughs> sick party, man. So, what do you yeah, think? What do you think is gonna happen then when all this shit comes back? I've been asking everybody I uh, have on. So, what do you think is gonna happen? Especially like in the states, what do you think is gonna happen? Well,
1: I'm looking at uh, how it is for. I guess because of like Brexit, the visa situation's like kind of sketchy now. Yeah, yeah,
0: very Obviously sketchy. Guys, don't,
1: they'll have to come out here on some like you know ricky ricardo type shit and i lose it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but i'm just like oh i'm a cabana boy i'm doing this you know yeah yeah i'm, I'm shipping monkey crates or I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm selling cigars like they can't really play the role that they actually play so i am wondering how that's gonna play out in the gigs
0: yeah i was saying to uh iloman i had on my last podcast i was saying to him i think Now would probably be like a perfect opportunity for the American drum bass scene to actually prop themselves up. You know what I mean? Because there's going to be a limited amount of artists touring here. And there's so much focus on, you know, foreign headliners here that like it might be a good opportunity to push more of our own headliners. You know what I mean?
1: Well, that's the thing now is I hate to say it, but a lot of headliners aren't even out here because they haven't been doing the work.
0: Yeah, that's true. Like (laughs) you
1: can say that this DJ's been here this long, this guy's been producing that long, whatever. But like off the top ten off the dome, not that many producers are actually in America dropping like tracks that everyone is playing. Like it's it's actually a fact. That's
0: that's one hundred percent fact. So Who would you say who would you say are the top five then?
1: The top five in America? Top
0: five American drum bass producers that are producing tracks that are being played globally.
1: Uh, at the moment, I would say, uh, I mean, I guess his name is Justin Ox now.
0: Flight, right? I'm gonna, cause I'm gonna always call him Flight. So, I mean, and if <laughs> I gotta be, I'm gonna be honest. I think he's a nice kid. The Justin Hawk's name, I'm not feeling it. That's to be just, honest
1: with you, I think he should have
0: kept the name Flight. So do I. You
1: know, and you read the dictionary. Yeah. You know that flight and flight are two different words. Yeah, definitely. I
0: mean, I think I think he should have kept it too. And like the problem with with that whole situation was like he had already marketed his whole brand on on that, you know. And I think that's why he went with the Justin Hawkes thing. He didn't want to. He wanted to keep the logo still. You know what I'm saying? And like that's fucked up. Like.
1: Yeah, but the reality of it is, to me, regardless of what anyone thinks about me, is that everyone's got to read the dictionary, and they were two different words.
0: Yeah, of course. I it mean, really we're two different words. I mean, now, the some of the assault that that kid was getting on Twitter and shit, I was like, this is unbelievable, dude. Like, this is unbelievable that they're coming for this kid like that.
1: I mean, to be honest with you, like, that's a bigger problem of the German-based community. Is like, we're not, we're so worried about shit that is not that important that we don't grow where we need to grow.
0: One hundred percent.
1: Like, I really believe that. One hundred percent. I mean. I've got friends that are in all types of ranges of the music industry. Yeah. And if if, if there's a rapper named, uh, named Trap Sox and another rapper comes out and his name is Trap Sox with S-O-C-K yeah, yeah, S-O-X, they're not really going to fight each other. Nah. It doesn't even, it's, it's not even worth dealing with. Now, if Trap Sox has been in the game for 40 million years and then a new guy that shows up named Trap Sox, Guess what? Nobody cares because yeah. I'm worried about shit that matters.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I
1: mean, people can shoot me down all they want about it, but like, I thought it was kind of silly. I, I I figured that. I did figure eventually that it would happen, though.
0: I mean, I always thought I it always crossed my mind whenever I'd see his name and shit. I'd be like, I always thought it, but I'm old. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like,
1: I always thought that too when I heard. This kid named Flight, and I'm like, wait a minute, like DJ Flight? Yeah, because yeah. I only know one DJ Flight.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's like, what no, I said. I no,
1: It's this new kid named Flight, and I, to myself, I was saying, oh, that's gonna be touchy. Yeah. But get this, I'm Boss Fight, right? There's another Boss Fight,
0: and he probably spells guy, his name. He spells his name a different way.
1: He spells it the actual word Boss. Fight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. B a w s f a t. Er, W or B A W S F Y T E. Right. Yeah. And he's on like Monster Cat. He's doing shit with the uh, with Disciple. Yeah. But I mean, I'm doing my stuff with Insomniac or Play Me and maybe Monster Cat.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: but we talk to each other in DMs. Yeah. Yo, what's good, bro? Cool. I like your name. I like your name. Whatever. You know what?
0: I mean, there was a whole. Aura around that situation that had nothing to do really with the names or <laughs> the music I think the or anything.
1: That DJ
0: in the game. It's that, but it was also like a time period of this whole past like year that was like, we're coming for anybody that's like, it was like, it was racially balanced as well. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, you know, they made it like, oh, you can't take this black woman's legacy and shit, which I thought was like, I don't think that he ever. Would that that thought ever crossed his mind, you know what I mean? <laughs> so like it just yeah. seemed like such an attack on like this kid who literally probably legitimately didn't know who she was because he's so young, you know?
1: Well you gotta do your research.
0: I agree with that for sure, you know, especially you especially research. in especially in a scene like this, dude, where like people I don't
1: agree how it went down, but you gotta do your research. You oh know yeah.
0: Know 100 percent.
1: As you know you're dealing with a bunch of cult people. Yeah, you know, like I love German and bass, but it's like it's like dealing with a bunch of Indians in a teepee, and there's like five tribes, and we still haven't expanded out the village because we're too busy fighting each other.
0: Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Until we
1: start supporting each other as a whole, as there's a lot of love in the German and bass community on an international scale, mm-hmm. but there's also a lot of hater shit in the sideline.
0: A lot of that's hater really
1: shit. Not helping it grow. Like, a
0: lot of know, hater shit.
1: They took that shit. They took hip hop to another level. Yeah, they, they don't give a shit about the dum dumb shit.
0: Yeah, now, they don't.
1: You can't be Raekwon and then come out as Raekwon, but that's not even a real word.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I don't know. I mean, like, it was like it was like it was wild. It was absurd, but you know. And I then know,
1: I thought it was really strange. Yeah, and he got I, pressured I so was heavy, heavy, and he yeah. how it went down because. That kid, Fly, has been doing a lot of work out
0: here. And a lot of good work for American drum and bass and shit, you know? Like a lot of,
1: exactly. So it was like, we finally got this dude out here.
0: Who's making waves.
1: That's making waves.
0: And you're trying to... end for a
1: matter of time before uh, another DJ comes out of nowhere. Not that uh Flight's not as vital and she's not a, a vital piece of the history yeah. of the genre, but... My brain read that, and I was like, oh, wait, he must be spelling it the same way.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I must, he must be using the same word. But it's a two different words.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally different spelling, totally different, like, so you and totally different, different even, yeah, totally different, like, uh, following, totally different, like, everything. Totally so. different sound. Yeah, totally yeah. Totally
1: different, like, steve. So yeah. I was kind of like, wait a minute, that's weird. But you know, here I am starting a label called Guerrilla Warfare after fucking dealing with renegade hardware, so, uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you're back in New York, you think you're gonna be playing gigs out there or what, dude? Uh I mean Or do a you have do you have any up. any chatters of any gigs or not really?
1: Well a lot of people at there and were on certain labels and they were like, dude, if you were out here you would still so be doing well and I'm like, huh, really? Yeah. Like not that I don't have any like shot for the dream or playing gigs, but I did a couple little gigs internationally. Right, and I was joking about my tour life because it, <laughs> it was like encompassing like four gigs. You yeah, know? Like, yeah. <laughs> for me, that's like a tour, you know. Tour life, dude. But I don't know if I'm gonna be doing gigs like that. Yeah. I'm kind of more focused on my food thing, and I like to produce music. But
0: dude, that but that whole movie private movie. chef thing, man, is the move, bro.
1: Oh yeah, dude.
0: Like I'm you were saying, just... if you did the app thing and shit? Oh, yeah. Fire.
1: That's in the in the books right now.
0: Fire, dude. Because
1: to me, I can do better for the culture behind the scenes than I can in front of it. Yeah. A lot of people see me and they might think I'm trying to be some superstar, rock star shit. But really, I'm more interested in being behind the scenes of running the labels, pushing the music, pushing the culture, and trying to get it to elevate itself. Yeah, yeah. I'm more into that than I am into being the artist, quote unquote.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would be great. I mean, I always like, I think most people in drum bass in America, they're always pulling for the American drum bass scene, but it always seems like everyone's just pulling against each other anyway. So it's like a rope in the middle where, you know, everyone's just like, it's like a tug of war game. It's like everyone pulls a little bit each other the opposite way of the the way they should be pulling and shit just gets so fractured. So I don't know. I would hope Uh, that I would hope that this situation would maybe open up the floodgates a bit to, to have more support for the homegrown soldiers and shit. You know, I felt
1: like for me, I was fortunate enough to even have releases during the pandemic. Like I was very I felt very fortunate that people were still trying to listen to my wild ass music yeah so I was like wow you know and I was talking to Jade about doing the E-Brain nights out here as soon as we're ready and stuff and then doing it in LA cause being in LA I got pretty tight with like Machete and like the Respect crew and the yeah, yeah. Booty Bass crew out there and then uh, Accelerate crew
0: yeah, shout out Jeremy and
1: I, yeah and I was like hey man this is dope but you know, I was doing the boss fight thing heavy when I was out there. I wasn't really doing drum and bass. So yeah. I was thinking to myself, I got to get my drum and bass records out, like modern stuff. So yeah. I'm working on an EP and a couple of remixes that might turn some heads. And then if that works out, then I'm all about doing it here. I mean, mm-hmm. I would love to just do it in my home, my home country. Mm-hmm. Like, why would I have to travel the pod as much as I love traveling? Yeah. I would love to be able to just travel to the United States and do it. Like, me and Sinistar, you're talking about this all the time. Mm. And Sinistar, like, when you said the top the top producers he's dope, in America, dude. Sinistar is definitely yeah. at the top of the list for me.
0: Yeah, he's up there, dude. Like, he's
1: killing.
0: And he me. is just, uh, he, like, he's just a mover, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, he just makes his moves, and he's... He's got like a, I don't know what it is, dude. He's just one of those dudes. He's kind of like a Will Miles to me, like just like a prolific producer that just like just keeps churning him out. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: but he's got a very unique sound.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. He's
1: doing something I haven't really heard. He has like and that.
0: He has like that uh, Joker vibe, kind of for the dubstep guy.
1: yeah, yeah. I like Almost like a,
0: he has like an 808s and heartbreak kind of Kanye vibe. Not musically, but just like the, like the, his marketing steez. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like Kid Cudi-ish or something. You know what I mean? I don't know what, it's like I I don't know how to explain it, but. I feel
1: like he's a freak of his own kind. Yeah. And like, I've known him for so long. And like, he's been, he did like metal hands on the nine yards. And like, yeah, still, He's not really out
0: there like that. No, nah, I know, but yeah, that's I what mean, I'm saying. So- he's but he's one of those like just he's just a grafter dude. He's just like in the trenches, just making dope music and and just doing it. You know what I mean? I would
1: definitely say and Stars. Same
0: with of, like Random Movement. Random Movement would be up there.
1: Yeah, Random Movement is definitely up there. Yeah, he's one of those ones that cut through the cut through the blades earlier
0: definitely yeah he was he's been he, forever. yeah yeah he was doing shit with uh v back in the back in the way back Um uh, yeah i don't even know i forget who else but i remember we booked him well in, i mean
1: now we have like i mean giganto he's a still doing records here and there yeah but he's not really like on the up and ante mm-hmm. on the front end like he used to be as, like, you know, the other guys in Evil Intent moved on to other projects. They're still right. all Evil Intent together. Yeah. But, like, I would honestly say, like, uh, Kill the North Jake, when he does German bass, it's still, like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. he just slaves people. Like, yeah. Well, Jake he's another he, he's
0: another one of those guys that's just, like, a crazy producer, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Like, you can't compete with a lot of producers versus kill the noise. Nah. He's almost like a bust of ops.
0: Yeah. And also and also another dude that has amazing marketing. You know, it's all this these marketing like the logos and the imagery like the imagery and just all that shit. It's like it's very yeah, important. And a
1: lot of like urban based culture, they're like shitting on this. Like, oh, he
0: got the logo, he
1: got the brand, he got yeah. the page, he moving Mm-hmm. And it's like, what's wrong with marketing yourself like a profitable business? Like, do you want to buy fucking uh, crabs at uh, fucking Joe's Crab Shack <laughs> with no sign? Yeah, do you I want think to stay Joe's Crab Shack when you walk in.
0: That's what how like when walk? the dubstep shit really started taking off in America, and all the dubstep artists is, like artists started doing logos for their names and all that shit. I remember it was like a big deal at the time. Drum bass cats would be shitting on that, and like,
1: well, I think the Brewers the boomer driven based guys they were all like why do i gotta have logos
0: yeah yeah <laughs> like,
1: why yeah. do you have to wear a t-shirt You know, yeah, like, yeah
0: yeah
1: why do i have to wear a bucket hat
0: people like, would be mad that the, the whole flyer just has logos on it and it's like it was I, it, I, it fit the time I, I like and
1: people being salty because they see guys literally like these some a lot of these guys were making money and i know a lot of them personally and bro when the pandemic hit they're sitting there looking at their bank account like, well, I guess I'm
0: good for the next few years. Bro, I, t- I tell people this story all the time. I probably said it on this podcast before, but when we first book- booked Borgor, we were the first people to ever book Borgor in New York City. Yeah,
1: yeah with I remember with,
0: that. Yeah, with Darkroom and shit. And, uh, yeah, I
1: remember
0: he had those leopard print-ass Nike, uh, Nikes on. Yeah, dude, <laughs> and like we paid this kid like $150, dog. <laughs>
1: like, yeah dude
0: I'm serious yo and we, like we picked him up and he fucking he was like I, I'm not gonna call him a nerd but he was just like we brought him to this like bar and shit to eat before the show wouldn't drink was like very reserved was wearing glasses like it was a total like just introvert fast forward like two years this guy's putting out like all these pussy records and fucking they well, doing all this like <laughs> say what when i met a
1: staff i met him that night
0: yeah and he was like oh okay cool
1: you got uh da-da-da. we're talking this shit and he was just like so you like death metal and i'm like yeah i like death i like crowbar i like slayer yeah i like uh sepultura i like uh sugar I like oblique obituary he was like you're like the first American next to this other guy that I know has like listened to this shit like, yeah. he, he, like filthy shit I'm like yeah of course I like oh yeah he like,
0: loves so all that like- death metal shit
1: and then he, he was full filth with the ice cream
0: <laughs> yeah dude and uh, I'm saying he became a millionaire dude
1: yeah literally and I mean say what you want about him he moved accordingly yeah and I mean
0: I think now he would be fucking cancelled uh, <laughs> I don't know
1: if he would be cancelled now he um, was kind of his own little
0: animal I'm saying if he put out some of those tunes and had some of those videos that he had like back then all oh yeah the, you know
1: he'd be, be cancelled
0: for just the misogyny be, yeah I
1: was gonna say just the objectification yeah of yeah, like, yeah people don't wanna see that like oh these bitches wanna lick my ice mm-hmm. cream like <laughs> nah they'd be like get out of here no, no, yeah. no, buddy. <laughs> yeah. He's toned it down, though,
0: a lot. Yeah, well, kind of has to. Yeah, he was
1: getting away
0: with murder on that one. For sure, man. That's <laughs> yeah, the done. same deal. That's it got super canceled, but. <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> Whatever Dude, those stories, those stories must have been true because he went quiet for a long ass time. Dude, they were true. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. But that's a funny story. But same thing. Same thing. Same thing with him, though. Uh, real quick before you before you say that. But uh, he, we were the first people to have him in New York as well. And he he had like a girlfriend at the time, and he was like driving in my Jeep, like talking about his girl problems, his girls tripping that he's on tour and shit. And like, yeah, fast forward five, six years later, he's getting banged up for like basically raping bitches. Girls, women. Yeah. That's what
1: people uh, were telling me about him when he came to New York. They were like, yo, you heard about this dude? I was like, nah, tell me. They're like, yo, I swear to God, bro, this dude was messing with these 16 year olds. I believe it, dude. In the fucking, in the last venue he was at. And I'm like, yo, that's trash.
0: I believe it, man. I mean, I remember we went, we went to. And
1: then I went to go talk to him he was on some funny shit and i'm like okay whatever yeah. i'm not even i'm not even going to get anywhere near
0: any of that yeah we had him we we also did like a thing with uh, AEG at the time ag wanted us to promote his show at best buy theater and it was an all ages show cuz they they were like they were new at the time ag and they were like oh we got to link up with the dubstep dubstep people in new york and they just so happened to find Darkroom and shit so we ended up doing, like, a couple events with them, whatever. But so they had Datsik at Best Buy Theater. And maybe it was Datsik, Maybe it was Excision. I don't remember. One of those guys. But the, um, but the point is, is that the event was all ages, dude. <laughs> and, like, because we were co-promoting the show, obviously I was there. And I'm, like, walking around. I mean, these girls and these people that were there, the kids, they were young as fuck, dude. There was girls there, like, 14, you know, and up. So like this dude was surrounded by these kind of, and I'm like, so this guy's going city to city, at shows with all ages, kids. I mean, it's really weird.
1: I mean, I did it. I went and when when I was doing Gorilla at 24. I was playing in festivals in, in uh, L.A. and then I was playing San Diego, and then I was playing uh, the next night after that after Airbrush and and there's like little kids all over the place, but like. Never even once in my mind did it cross my thought to even think I don't even like touching people when I'm out <laughs> on tour. Yeah. They don't nah. know me, don't even physically touch me. Yeah, dude. yeah, for sure. I don't give a shit, man or woman, whatever. Yeah. Like these guys get this I think they get this thirst trap shit.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: And then they get hungry to use their quote unquote what they think is power.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Because power is just an
0: illusion. Or also there were dudes that kind of grew up as like nerds, you know, or whatever. They maybe not had a lot of attention from girls. And now they're all of a sudden, you know, they're in this position where they're on stage and they're like a big DJ and shit. Because a lot, I mean, Dasik was a fucking nerd, dude. Like he was like a computer nerd, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, that's true. And they get in front of these crowds and they get all this like, you know, adulation and shit and they just abuse that shit, you know?
1: I've seen so many people abuse that shit on another level. I can mm. roll out a fucking laundry list of like your top 10 fucking acts and how disgusting they are. But <laughs> I'll save that for another time. But I'm just saying that like...
0: Name and shame, drop. dude. Name and shame.
1: They get in that whole role and shit. And I mean, I guess the key is to just not let yourself get lost in it and be a dic- disgusting fucking pervert because yeah. it'll always come back to you. Like, that dude still can't step into the game. Nah, my definitely dude, not. He hasn't really tried to formally apologize. Just some I like think
0: he did. Shit. Like, not that long ago, he put out something.
1: That was some victim shit, though. Come on. Yeah, he was like, I'm conditioning oh, my condition my dish. No, dude, you're fucking horny and you want to sleep with little girls. <laughs> yeah. That's what's going on. Yeah, like, for real. You need to apologize for being a disgusting filth bag. Yeah. And that you won't be doing this any longer.
0: That's still not going to get you back though.
1: No, it's not. At least <laughs> you can probably start going to basketball games
0: now. Or you could have he could have just came out under a different alias and fucking had a mask on. I mean, the mask thing is pretty you know, everyone it's not like it's unheard of for an artist to come out with a mask on.
1: Definitely not. That's what that's I would have. That's what had I would have done if I was him. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's what I would have done if I was him. though. I would have just came out as an alias with a fucking mask on. I mean, if I was him, I would have
1: just probably went into a whole
0: other business. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And the fucked yeah, up thing is, is like he. Capital, he yeah, he had like a label with. His he ran that his label with uh, his like girl at the time or whatever all that shit yeah, the came fire out. Power, a yeah, Yeah, homies were on that. Dude. Yeah, and then that all that shit came out, and then the, he handed the whole label to her.
1: I mean, he had no choice.
0: Yeah, she was probably like, "Bitch, you've been cheating on me. I'm taking your label now."
1: Yeah, that's just disgusting, man.
0: Which really hard. I, w- I would imagine it would have been hard to run that label after all that shit came out. Yeah, no matter what well
1: you seen excision just went and exploded into a whole nother stratosphere without him
0: yeah he did yeah yeah. I mean an excision pff, that motherfucker yeah he went on a next a next level
1: yeah he went on a whole another level dude and I was just like hey more power to him because I was in a conversation and an in- interjection with a partner myself that happened to lose his marbles and you can't really attach yourself to someone like that yeah no matter how much you ride with them or not they're gonna bring you down with
0: them yeah definitely i mean so you, you it's, gotta make your moves yeah if somebody's yeah Excision made the right moves obviously he's like yo i can't be around this shit nah it's not gonna work man nah dude it's bad luck for biz but yo man we're running up on 28 minutes i don't want to get into a situation where we're cutting each other off or it ends fucked up so <laughs> um, anything you want to plug or anything you want to shout out real quick
1: uh, is there anything I want to plug or shout out well I would like to plug and shout out that mostly I'm known for drum and bass but I started a hip hop drum and bass label yeah and I got with my homeboy CX Hitronix from Atari Teenage Riot and I started a, what is it? It's a hip-hop, ghetto-tech, hardcore punk label. Nice. Me and CX from Atari Teenage Riot. And right now it's called 720Z. And we have a new 12-inch picture disc with MF Doom and CX Kid Tronics right now.
0: So Where can people get that at?
1: At 720zllc.com.
0: Word up. Check that out. Um, Killbreak, Dean. Yo, appreciate you doing this, man.
1: Oh man, no problem. Thanks for having me, dude. Yeah, dude. I'll so put. I don't get uh, cancelled. Nah, you're good, dude.
0: Canceled, <laughs> canceled. Yeah, don't get cancelled for being on with a cancel of canceller. But uh, <laughs> it's all good, dude. We're good. Um, send me the links, and then I'll put them in the description, man. I appreciate you, man.
1: Oh, definitely,
0: dude. Likewise. All right, bro. Easy, man.
1: All right, peace, bro.